Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Good morning. Let's pray. Father God, Father God, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for the times that we live in. Thank you, Jesus, that you are in control of everything, including the time that we are in, including our lives, Lord, is out of control as it may feel or seem. I pray right now, Father God, that you'd give us rest and peace and eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart to know and receive the revelation of your love, your truth, your counsel, and the instruction according to your word, Father God, as to where we are at in these times. And, Lord God, that you would encourage us so much, Lord God, that you've given to us already to encourage us through your word. We thank you for your word. And we thank you today that we'd rightly divide your holy word of truth. And we know there's been many discussions and controversies through the ages about your return and what that looks like. Even in the early church, Lord God, they thought you were coming already back then. And, Father, we just pray today that by the power of your Holy Spirit who dwells in us, you would cause us to be quickened, to understand. You don't let your friends not know what's going on. You said you reveal yourself yourself and your secrets to your friends. So we're your friends. And I thank you, Jesus, that you finished the work a long time ago on the cross. You did that part, but there's a little more to go. And so I thank you today for giving us the Holy Spirit and giving us power over all the power of the enemy. And thank you that your church for the... Many people in many parts of the world have really been the church and walked it out as you've, de- as you've declared it and, and cried out for us to do. And I thank you today, Lord God, that you give us wisdom. You said, if any man lacks it, let him ask of God. I thank you, Jesus. You're the faithful witness. We've talked about many things, but today, Father, we want to talk about what we understand to be the rapture. And we pray that you'd now guide us by your spirit. Amen. Well, good morning. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to the rapture. Are we ready? Are we going to be prepared? What? Where are we at yeah. in terms of what's going on out there and down up there in the sky, down here on the earth, and through the Word of God? You know, a lot of times, you know, God has given us, been through this, and many people are quite familiar, giving us the stars for signs for the times, for seasons. You know, they they work. We get the season part. We get the times part. Sometimes we don't get the signs. And, and, I, and a sign, is, it tells you uh, for times, for seasons, tells us where we are and how close we are to an event or a location or a destination. So the signs of the times can be buried or hidden or not seen or ignored or scoffed at, but that doesn't mean they're not there. So these, you know, when you come to a, a town, you're coming to a, a sign that says you're re- arriving at the, the city of the location the time, the, the nearness of an event, these are what signs do. And so I believe the signs, many of the signs, as he said, are in the stars, in the planets, in the skies. Well, yeah, we have signs, all kinds of signs, signs in the heavens, as you said, also signs on earth. You know, yeah, that's the, true. Some of the signs, you know, Jesus said before his appearing, mm-hmm. before his return, there would be a, a troubling time, a very troublesome time of of transition just and basically we're transitioning from the kingdom of earth overall right. to the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. He talked about in Matthew chapter 24 and Luke 18, other places said there was going to be, you know, all kinds of physical disturbances. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nature, as we call nature, mm-hmm. uh, nature is not a mother, but anyway, uh, <laughs> All these things we've got, we've seen hurricanes, earthquakes, all kinds of wildfires, natural disasters that have been going on all through human history, but are intensifying and multiplying in these, in these last days. Talks about wars, rumors of wars, uh, economic uh, difficulties, uh, immorality prevailing. This is uh, all signs of Religious the apostasy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There would be a falling away, a turning away. And Peter said, in the last days, there would be uh, some would turn away from the faith. Uh, Giving the faith, which means of devils. The, yep. the body mm-hmm. of, of, of truth surrounding, you know, that's part of the gospel. 
there'd be uh, infidelity, there'd be betrayal between uh, husbands and wives and, and children and parents and and, and just basically Jim Hank, he said that just and, the and earth's so distress of nations. Yes, yes. And we already know all that kind of as an experience personally, but with us living on the planet. But there's just such a general apathy uh, a downgrading of the uh, of the awareness. It's kind of like we're going into a state of uh, amnesia or zombified or whatever you want to call it, um, well, there, yes. where we just don't get what we're what we're talking about. We we, we don't pay any attention. Anymore. We don't pay any attention. And you know that there's not only signs on the earth as we have experienced, but there's also signs in the heavens, signs in the skies. And I know that you know we have already talked and others have talked. And if you're interested at all. You've paid some attention to the beginning of these signs that uh, that began the, the the tetrads, the four blood moons began in um, April fifteenth of twenty fourteen. We went through the four moons. One was on Passover. The next one in October of twenty fourteen was in Sukkot, which means booths or day of the Feast of Tabernacles. It's interesting. There's no coincidence that these blood moons, full red blood moons, are occurring on specific. Uh, in core, important feast days to the Lord. The third one um, was on Passover again of 2015, April 4, 2015. And the, and the, the, uh, the fifth one was of September 28, 2015, which is again Sukkot. So we have Passover and Sukkot, Passover and Sukkot. We also have a, a solar eclipse of 2015, which was on Rosh Hashanah. These are all part of the seven feasts. There are seven of them. Four have been fulfilled. The first one, of course, was Passover, then the, um, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, then the Feast of First Fruits, then the Feast of Pentecost. And, and that's, that matches the menorah, the seven candles uh, of the menorah. And so we've got three left, and the three left are the, the, is the Feast of Trumpets, the Feast of Day of Atonement, and then the Feast of Tabernacles. So we had the blood moons, and we're still moving on in the heavenlies. I'm just kind of giving a review quickly. You've all lived through the blood moons. There was no media coverage of the blood moons. It was like a, a non-event. It was like it happened in the middle of the night. Probably I had to, we had to get up in the middle of the night to look at it on some of those occasions. And so the thing is, it's no big deal. It's nothing. I mean, there's a many things that the, the sun, the stars, the sky, the planets, the, um, the, uh, the, the, the solar system, whatever they all, they keep moving. They keep speaking. And, only those who pay attention will get it. For example, in Revelations 5, there's a great sign, and we talked a lot about that. I don't know if we talked here so much, but we talked at church a lot about this great sign. Many people, by the way, the YouTube videos are just full of this kind of stuff, some crazy and some cool. So anyway, in 12, Revelations 12, we talked about a great sign appearing in the heavens. A woman clothed the sun and with the moon under her feet, and her head was on her head was a garland of 12 stars. Now, then it says, then being with child, she cried out in, the, in labor pains to give birth. And another sign appeared in the heaven. Behold, a great fire red dragon. Okay, let's stop at verse 1 and 2. That sign of the woman, Virgo, and Leo, uh, the, plant, the constellation Leo, the constellation Virgo, in the sky, at the time of the first birth, the birth of Jesus Christ, is this, this vision, this great sign, has appeared in the heavens on several occasions. But it's interesting, the order of the planets, has differed, which makes a different gives a different message. But this this can mean I refer back to a double meaning or a, a dual purpose. Um, at the birth of Jesus Christ, when the star of Bethlehem appeared, it was the star Regulus and the, the star Jupiter kind of overlapping each other. They have a great bright wh- white light. And interesting enough, in that star of Bethlehem, by the way, there's a video out there called the Star of Bethlehem, which is excellent if you want to look at it. Um, at the, the Jupiter and Regulus, which is a huge, huge, huge blue kind of star, they kind of overlapped each other. And when they did that, it created this burst of huge, big light, which signaled the wise men that there was the birth of a king. And when they got closer to Bethlehem, the star basically disappeared. And then it reappeared. You know, they inquired of Herod, which was, you know, a good thing, bad thing. They inquired of Herod, which kind of turned him on to the fact that there was a king in town. And, and then and when they left Herod, the star reappeared. So what was happening is the, uh, the, um, 
the effect is called a retrograde effect when Jupiter moves in and out back and forth. And he was moving when he moved off of Regulus, it was the star disappeared when he moved back on, it reappeared. So this regular, this um, retrograde motion is commonly known, but back in those days it was not. So it looked like the star reappeared. And when the star reappeared, it directed them to, as they found out from Herod, the direct location where the Messiah would be born would be in Bethlehem, according to the Old Testament. And so they went there and, and found the king, as, as was predicted, prophesied, and then left by another way. So Herod had to go and find the baby, try to find the baby himself. And that was with the, and that goes back, you know, and, and he, um, it says, um, the male child was born, verse 5, who was to rule the nations, the rod of iron. Um, and he was, you know, at that point in time, there was a, an attack upon him with a fiery red dragon, if you will, tried to attack and kill him through blood. But we go back now to now, right now, Romans 12, I mean, uh, Revelations 12 is again appearing in the sky. I believe it, it, it hasn't appeared like the, the, uh, this particular configuration of planets has not appeared in 7,000 years. And basically that's as far as we can go back. So, um, and it doesn't reappear for another thousand. But this is following the four blood moons. So we got the blood moons, and God said, and, and Joel, Jerry, where's that verse in Joel? It says, where the moon will be turned to blood. Yes, I'll find it here. The moon, yeah, and he can read it. So God is saying in the Old Testament, even there's going to be signs, look for this. And, of course, you know, there, these, there have been blood moons before. There have been total, total solar eclipses. We just had a solar eclipse on the 21st of um, August which was um, very interesting and well-reviewed by the, the non-Christian press. We had lots of interviews. We got to see it. Interesting enough, in our own little uh, investigation of the day, uh, on the 21st, standing in our own living room, um, we took the iPad with this night, night uh, vision app on it, night sky app on it, and turned it up to the place where we, the sun was. And what we found was that the sun was eclipsing right in the heart of Leo. The constellation Leo, the, the lion of the tribe of Judah, Leo, right there in the heart of the lion. And as we moved the iPad further, just a tiny bit down uh, to the right, we saw that Leo's paw was on Hydra. Hydra is a, a very distinct snake, and his, his paw was right on the neck of that snake. And it was so shocking and kind of exciting. Then to the very to the immediate left of leo just below him was the constellation virgo the virgin as the one that we're talking about in revelations 12 go ahead jerry you found that well, you're going back here to you know uh, in joel chapter 2 uh, verse 30 and 31 and i will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth mm-hmm. blood and fire and pillars of smoke the sun shall be turned to darkness uh-huh. and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Wow. So it, it, interesting, too, Jesus told, well, and, and it's interesting, let's just go back a little bit about the wise men mm-hmm. that came that noticed, you know, the yeah, star yeah. that had been mm-hmm. tracking this. They were like astrologers or right. astronomers. Yeah, they were watching the star. So, that so was their job. There was that guy was their job. You know, and, 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 and it's interesting. If you read a prophecy in Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, uh, it's a, a prophet by the name of Balaam who wasn't really necessarily a great prophet, but oh, he, he did prophet. bring out some truths. He says, I see him, but not now. I behold him and not near, near but not near. Dar shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. So a star shall mm-hmm. come out of Jacob. It was mm-hmm. a reference to Christ. Mm-hmm. And the sign here uh, of, of this yeah. particular star, like that you and were you know, talking about. Yeah. But these signs, it's interesting how these astro- astrologers, astronomers, had more um, insight, insight, and understand mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. A, a pagan land yeah. Yeah. than the people of Israel themselves. Yes. And yes. it's interesting yeah. too, you know, with all the uh, the uh, the all the things connected with the recent solar eclipse. There were there were a lot of people that were there. They wanted to be there. They traveled many hours to to be there to see this. It's like a once in a lifetime event. You know, you can go there and watch it and get the T-shirt. But how many are understanding the significance? Right, none, of, of probably that? very few. And Some. so Jesus said to the uh, yeah. scribes and Pharisees, He said, 
He says, you can discern the face of the sky. In other words, you know the weather. Uh, they didn't have Doppler weather radar back then, but you can discern the, the, the space of the sky, but you cannot discern this time. So there's a connection. What we're saying, Marjorie, is a connection of these signs on the earth, in the heavens, right. the significance of them, not just looking at it, but right. uh, just but how observing it, yeah. but observing what is the meaning, what in is the, the significance. In the context of Scripture, and there's not right. that many people who are really interested in Scripture, because we're very consumed, very taken up, very distracted, very messed up with the ways of the world, including all of the EMF uh, frequency violations and vibration confusions and technologies and distractions. We're really in a very bad place right now, people, in terms of your, your biological, physiological health, your relationships, your spiritual situation. This is like the end because it can't really go on much longer. The DNA can't take it, basically. But let's go back to the stars. Now, in, in this Revelation 12, this is a dual purpose. Um, uh, prophecy. This is talking about the scar of Bethlehem, but it's also talking about um, in verse three. I, I'm going back to two for a second. Twelve two. Then, being with child, she, the woman, cried out in labor pains to give birth. So she's in travail. Now, the first meaning is, of course, we would think of the Virgin Mary and the, the conceived of the Holy Spirit, brought forth Jesus Christ. But we also can think of the the woman uh, coming out of the 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 child coming out of the birth pangs of Israel, um, or we could call it the Jewish nation. Another sign that appeared, through verse 3, in heaven, behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of the heavens and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. Well, you could say, well, that was Herod. That's already been fulfilled. But it's also, again, ready to be fulfilled. And she bore a male child who was to rule the nations. Now, this obviously we could talk about Jesus, but Jesus is the head of what? The church. Who is to rule the nations? He with his body, the body of the church, the believers, his bride. Her child was caught up to God and to his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she was placed, had a place prepared for her by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. All of these numbers, and there's so many numbers, are just phenomenally impossible. They're not coincidence. They're impossible to be coincidences. There's just too many of them. As with the prophecies of Jesus, his first coming, his second coming, actually, his second coming, there's over 2,500 prophecies predicting elements of his second coming. But let's go back for a minute to the, the woman in the second, uh, the current um, constellation set up in the sky. So we have the woman we have Leo right above her head, which has nine stars in it. And we also have three planets that are moving into um, to line up with this uh, to complete the stars. We have Venus, we have Mercury, and we have Mars. Now, uh, in, the, in, in, in the day of Bethlehem, I believe it was Jupiter was the planet. Mars was not there. I I just check that out for yourself. It's, but anyway, so but all of the stars have meanings and 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 are and, and represent certain characters or persons. The king planet, which we call Jupiter, um, because it's the biggest planet, uh, the symbol of the is the symbol of the Messiah. Every twelve years, Jupiter enters into Virgo, as we see now, um, known as the Virgin constellation, into the womb area and stays there at, at forty-one weeks going back and forth in that retrograde kind of motion, which is basically a gestation period for humans from conception to birth. So Jupiter went into this womb of the Virgin on November 20th, 2016, and is now coming out on September 9th of this year, uh, completing the 41 days. So he's exiting. And this is just previous. Now, we have Jupiter's exiting, and we have um, an interesting passage. <laughs> I said the, the, another sign, a great fiery red dragon, having seven hands and ten horns. Uh, now, there is, a, just pause right there, there's a new constellation they have described called Ophicius, which is right to, to the left again of the Virgin. Ophicius is a man, looks like a man, wrestling with a snake. Interesting. Now, the man could be Jesus wrestling with Satan, or it could be Michael the Archangel wrestling with the, you know, with Satan when he kicks him out of heaven, which comes uh, in verse 7, the war broke out in heaven, Michael and his, and his angels 
fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels, angels fought, but they did not prevail. Nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So notice this is basically happening. This war in heaven is happening after this child is caught up in verse, um, let's see, uh, caught up in verse 5. It's two verses later. So what some people are saying is that this male child, the second uh you know, use or second uh, meaning of this Revelation 12 is that we are now in this p- period of time when we are going to see the Virgin t- crowned with the 12 stars, the 12 tribes of Judah, and this is and the sun is she's clothed with the sun and the moon is at her feet. So these things have to be in position: moon at the feet, clothed with the sun, kind of shining in the sun, um, and Jupiter exiting her womb. But there has to be some fiery red dragon. So this, honey, is where I got curious and I said, where's the dragon? Where's the dragon? It's not in the constellation. There's not a constellation. There's a hydra constellation, which is a snake, but there's not a, a dragon, a fiery red dragon, anywhere near these constellations. I looked and I had, we did some research and we found something very interesting. Actually, we found the fiery red dragon. And um, there's a couple of guys out there who really have done a lot of research on this that are very, very good. I sent some of you some of the links for some of them. Um, but this new guy's name is Scott Clark, Scotty Clark. And it, he was talking, and there's another guy. There's more than one. They're not just one guy shooting his, the breeze. There's a bunch of guys confirming this stuff. But there, there has been a little patch in the sky that's been blocked out by NASA and Google for all the time. I mean, you just go up into the sky maps and you, there's a little block, a black rectangular spot covering up something. And so Scotty and, and the others have said, okay, well, we want to know what's behind this. Something is now sort of peeking out from behind there. And so they took the coordinates and used other app, you know, apps and constellation equipment, whatever, however they do that, to find out what's behind that blocks, black spot. And they found out that it is, there's the, an, a vision there of, of something that is, you can, it's a black, actually a black planet. They call it the ninth planet. Some people call it um, Nubiru, um, a ninth planet. It is a planet that actually orbits the sun like we do, only its orbit is really huge up to look, up, elliptical. 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 Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like a thousand years or more to just go around one time. It's a huge, but it is now in the vicinity, so it doesn't show up unless you put infrared light on it. If you put an infrared light on it, it's red. It's fiery red. And that's the only way you can see it. And it is a pure, it's, it looks like it's got a smiley face, an evil smiley face, two eyes and a smiley, smiley mouth kind of thing. Only it's all red and kind of gross and grotesque looking. But you can see it on the web. There's d- different websites. Just start digging around in these guys, and you'll find it. Um, anyway, so they moved the black covering. They find this very ominous, fiery red something, and the position of this something is right at the womb area of the Virgin, where Jupiter is now exiting. So to swallow up the child. This is God, you know, talking to us. And it says that this thing is fire red dragon having seven heads, ten horns. And it, I don't know if he's got seven heads, ten horns. We can't see that part yet. But his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and drew them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, was ready to give birth. Ready to give birth. Oh, I thought she already did give birth. Well, is she giving birth again? What's she giving birth to this time? This time they maintain that she's giving birth to the church. The church, the body of Jesus Christ, which has been on the planet for about 2,000 years, which has been, you know, persecuted and tormented and troubled and, and, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. And Satan wants to devour the church, but to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she bore a male child. Well, of course, the head is male, so the child would be. Who was to rule the nations, God, with a rod of iron. And Jesus said, we're going to be joint heirs to, with him. He overcomes, will I allow to sit on my throne. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman, Israel, the, the one who gave birth to this head, Christ, Jesus, and the church, the, the, the woman fled into the wilderness. Now, obviously, we're talking in 
stars and signs and scriptures and putting everything together in a nice, neat package is not always just that simple. But I'm going to say this, and then we get back to some of the things that you want to say, Jerry. So, so Virgo, clothed with the sun and with the moon at her feet, happens, the completion of that vision happens on between September 20 and 23rd of 2017, which is about 20 days. No, 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 about, what, 14, 18 days from now. Okay, so she is, that's the day, that's the feast of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is a multi-day feast. And the reason it's more than one day, and it's lower, actually, of the feast of Rosh Hashanah, it was it, it, the, the last trumpet, at the sound of the trumpet, they blew the trumpet when twilight, and the um, they saw the um, the uh, the the visible crescent of the new moon was seen by two different um, officials, you know, Jewish officials or whatever they were, priests, I would guess. And that when they when when it was finally verified that they saw the first the crescent moon, they first saw, it, then they blew the trumpet. That, that signaled the feast, the beginning of the feast of Rosh Hashanah. And because they never knew um, uh, that the, the Yom Tarak, as they call it, is that trumpet sound that it's the first visible view of the, of the current, uh, of the crescent of the new moon uh, by two priestly witnesses. So that's um, the beginning of the feast of uh, trumpets. And so there's, you know, the trumpet was sound, the dead in Christ will rise. That is not necessarily the same trumpet. There are seven trumpets in the book of Revelation. We're not going up necessarily in the rapture at the seventh trumpet because that comes after the end of a whole lot of terrible, terrible, terrible bad stuff. But this is a, the, a trumpet, the Yam Turach. It's the, the, the trumpet that sounds then. Um, this could be um, different, actually, than the last trumpet as talked about in 1 Corinthians 5, 15, 20, 52, which is twinkling of an eye, when the dead are caught up. The resurrection of the dead and the, and the rapture of the church may not be at the same time. Okay, so um, at this point, what do you see, Jerry, in terms of um, what are you thinking about all this thing? Well, you know, it, we look at this, so there's, there's like a lot of times in scriptures, there's multiple fulfillments. Right. This, okay. Exactly. So, you know, you can say, well, okay, Revelation 12, basically those verses that we were just looking through, there are uh, Bible scholars that have pretty much straightforward interpreted this to be Israel's the woman, gave birth to Jesus, uh, the Herod, Right, that right first, the first, and that was the same the constellation in the sky so, at the time. Right, exactly. But it was a different set of planets. Now the planets, excuse me, are Mercury and Venus. Venus represents the bright and morning starts always by the moon. That represents Jesus. And the third one is Mars. Mars represents Michael, the warring angel. Right, and so there's like a dual fulfillment. You're talking right, about, there you go. right, from the, the original, the coming of Jesus, and then you're talking about the, is, if we're correct in this, is that those that are studying mm-hmm. this very carefully are talking about this new birth would be, this other birth would be the, the birth of the church or the catching away of yeah, the, of the, of, of the body, church. body of Christ. Yeah. You know, and so another thing too, when we're talking about the uh, rapture of the church, you know, here's, this is the thing that some people say, well, I don't believe that there is a, Rapture, but it's not mentioned in the Bible. It's not mentioned in the Bible, but it means a catching away. Yes, yes. And uh, can I can I talk to that for a yeah, second? Yeah, talk I to just, that for a minute, and then I, you I can want look to for your stuff. Look okay, rapture uh, is a, is actually Paul wrote in Greek. He wrote in Greek, and the word he used was harpazio, and it's spelled H A R P A Z O, harpazio, and it means to uh, seize, carry off by force, to seize on. Claim for yourself eagerly to snatch out of or away. Um, the King James uses catch, catch away, catch up, pluck, pull, uh, take by force. The New American Standard uses carry off, caught, snatch, snatch away, take by force. So Paul wrote in Greek, and the word was harpazio. St. Jer- Jerome wrote in, he translated the Greek into Latin, 
And the Latin word is rapture, rapture, where is it? Rapture something. Uh, rapturium, raptorium or something. And it means to rapture. It means to the very same thing. So the word, uh, yeah, raptimir, R-A-P-I-E-M-U-R, raptimir, whatever. That's the Latin Vulgate. And so um, in English, we use the word cutaway, but rap, raptimir, from that we get the word rapture, we get the word raptor, like birds who swoop down and snatch away things. Um, and so the actual put all the meetings together, and it would mean something very appropriate to what we would understand the rapture to be, means to take violently by force out of harm's way. So you're snatching something violently quickly to de- protect it, take it out of harm's way. So the word rapture actually is in the, the original versions, the, mm-hmm. the hypothesis. Mm-hmm. So, Caught up, so, yeah. so to say the word isn't even in the Bible, it, 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 that's, that, that's a moot point because it's really in the original text and it's the word Paul used. And go ahead. Well, let's, let's get the background of this. And I want to just read from First Thessalonians chapter 4 and beginning with uh, verses 14. And following here mm-hmm. to the uh, end of the, of the chapter, verse 18. Again, this is the Amplified Bible that brings out the various shades of meaning right. of the words that are used in the uh, language in which it was written, the, the Greek here. For since we believe, verse 14, that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring also bring with him those through Jesus who have fallen asleep, in other words, who have died. For this... We declare to you by the Lord's own word that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall in no way proceed into his presence or have any advantage at all over those who have previously fallen asleep in him in death. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a loud cry of summons, with the shout of an ark angel and the trumpet of God with the and the blast of the trumpet of God it says in the amplified and those who have departed this life in Christ will rise first then we the living ones who remain on the earth shall simultaneously be caught up there it is caught up along with the resurrected dead the resurrected believers who have died in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so always through eternity of the eternities, we shall be with the Lord. And in verse 18, it says, therefore comfort and encourage one another with these words. So this is the the thought of the, the rapture, the anticipation of the return of the Lord. And as we could say the first phase of the return of the Lord for his own. It's something that is to be not to terrorize us, to put fear in us, but to uh, comfort, encourage and comfort one another mm-hmm. uh, as we anticipate his return. And he says that he's coming mm-hmm. for those who love his appearing. And look for his appearing. Though, yeah. Right. And, you know, so this is very interesting that he's talking here about, you know, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And there, this can be quite confusing, just like Jesus' first coming was confusing. You know, was he, he was going to be born in Bethlehem. He was going to be uh, from Egypt, brought up from Egypt, and he was going to be uh, a Nazarene. So who is he? What is he? Where is he from? We mm-hmm. couldn't quite locate him. And this is the same thing now. But there, are, there were like oh, some 300-plus prophecies regarding his first coming. But there's over 2,500 prophecies regarding his second coming. But when you look at them and put them all together, they look like they're contradictory unless you separate them out into two separate events. Well, that's, that's the thing is the, the issue of, uh, for example, the Jews, you know, he came to his own, his own people, Received his own creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his, you know, to, it was the gospel is to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. Right. And so he came to his own, but they, there was a lot of confusion. There was prophecy that's many a Jewish non, they're non-believers in Jesus Christ today believe that there's been confusion in not only in the, in the Jewish people, but also in, in, in Gentile people, non-Jewish people, church people over the years just to, to distinguish 
And it's not always easy sometimes to distinguish what is happening, what it was to happen at his first coming. He right. Did, he did not come. Right, right. Hold, he did not yeah. come to exert kingly rulership over that the first earth. time, right. But he came right. to sacrifice himself on the cross. So they missed his first coming because they were anticipating an outcome that looked different. They were putting the second coming outcome on the first coming uh, right. events. But let's do a second quick look here. Chuck Missler has a lot on, to say on this, and he's been studying this longer than I have. So, But he, he, div- he divides the, the second coming prophecies, the 2,500 prophecies of his second coming, into two different events, the rapture passages and then the actual second coming. Uh, so Jesus, he says, is coming in two phases, uh, once for the bride and the second time in power to set up his kingdom. Now, he, as he says here, as you read just now, uh, in verse 17 of 1 Thessalonians 4, um, we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And the second coming, I believe he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives and, and it splits. Right. He's so, coming. In the, right. As, he's as physically many. taken. He's landing. The first time he doesn't land, he just catches us up. That would be called yeah, the rapture. Right. And he's coming for his people. Yeah. And then the second, uh, yeah. we call it phase of his coming, will be coming with his people. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly what he says. But the thing is here, let's just pause for a second. Let's just pause because we are in no condition. If we're living in a worldly mindset and a carnal mindset, we have no condition to even anticipate the possibility of Jesus coming in 20 days. Not to say he will, and we'll talk about the eminent stuff in a minute not knowing the day or the hour. We'll get to that in a second or a couple of seconds. But anyway, so he said, like you said, the first time he's coming for his saints. The second time he's coming with them. Uh, Revelation 19, they're riding on the white horses. So you got to go up before you can come down. So the first one is the translation of the believers. And in the second coming, uh, there is no translation of the believers. They're actually, like you said, um, the saints are going to heaven in the rapture. They're returning to earth in the second coming. And in the rapture passages is not being judged in the second coming. The earth is being judged, Um, you know, and people say and and Chuck believes it's eminent. uh, That means could happen at any moment without signs, signless. But I believe that the stars are now giving us the actual total coordinates time. One thousand two hundred sixty days. Actually, it's been one thousand two hundred sixty days from the, uh, the first blood moon in April. Uh, 15 of 2014 to the uh, Rosh Hashanah of September 2023 um, in 2017. That's 1,260 days. That's also mentioned in the book of Revelation chapter 12. And that's three and a half years. Um, we we kind of believe that re- the tribulation is going to be a total of seven years. So three and a half could be the beginning or it could just be another sequence of 1,260 days. It's leading us up to the beginning of the seven years. Or we could actually be in the middle of something. We, we're going back to the passages. So um, the rapture has to do with believers only and the second coming, all men on earth. Uh, in the rapture, only those who are looking for his appearing basically will be taken up. No, I don't, they, they'll notice us missing, but they're not going to, they're not forewarned. They're like in the days of Noah. They're eating, drinking, marrying, and doing video games on their iPads and on their cell phones. They're not going to. Uh, really be aware of this. It's going to be absolutely caught off guard. Um, the, the, the rapture is talked about before the day of wrath, and the second coming concludes the wrath of God. Um, Jesus is coming for his own in the rapture, um, and in, of course, the second coming is coming with his own. The rapture, some believe, triggers the beginning of the Great Tribulation, which is the last three and a half years, or the total seven years. Um, and the rapture is de- dealing with church believers only. Um, some say the Old Testament saints um, will be resurrected at the last trump in the second coming. That's sort of hard to understand with Second First Thessalonians here. I'm not going to make a point of that right now because I don't really know. Um, in the rapture, there's no reference to Satan. In the second coming, Satan is bound. Um, Jesus, of course, coming in the air and the second coming, he's touching down. Um, and so these are kind of Chuck Missler's um, kind of summary of that. And I totally agree with most of it, except he said it's signless without any eminence. There's no, it, it, you know, Hagee and some of the say 
this is the rapture is eminent. That means it could happen at any moment. That means there's nothing more needs to be done to fulfill it. That means, you know, it's signless. Some say that means it's signless, but I don't agree. I believe it's totally full of signs. Jesus went shock and, and go ahead, Jerry. He wouldn't shock us and, and, and cut, catch us off guard. If you know you're getting married, you're engaged to the bridegroom. For crying out loud, you should you're know ready. there's a wedding and you need it's to get coming. yourself bride ready. The bride in the United States, the Western Hemisphere, America, is totally trashed, in the ditch. The church is in confusion. The Western church has no idea. We kind of pick at the feast a little bit and pick and choose what we want to do and believe. But there is an eminence to this. And he says, well, you cannot know the day and the hour well but he said know the times and the seasons so we know a time refers to a year a season is a part of a year uh, there are four seasons in our you know you know and and it's the time but the, no one knows the day or the hour and again this goes back to the feast of trumpets um, no one knew the exact exact time when the crescent moon would appear maybe it would be a cloudy night that night they wouldn't see it only the father knew if there'd be clouds or no clouds to start that feast. And in the Jewish idiom, when they were engaged or betrothed, the son went back to the father's house. Jesus ascended back to heaven to build a house. I have many mansions. I'm going to prepare a place for you, he said. Exactly. He, didn't, he didn't say, I got him prepared. I'm going to prepare. And, and so the son, in, in respect to his father, had to wait for the father to approve the, the building project and make sure it was okay. So in the Jewish culture... Uh, there was that idiom of that day and hour. Uh, no one knows. No, not even the angels in heaven, only the father. And the, the Jew, when, the, when the Jews would ask the bridegroom, when are you going back? That's what he would say. That was a Jewish idiom. And Jesus knew that when he said that to the, he was using that to speak their language because they would understand what that means, that uh, only the father knows when it's going to be okay for me to come back and get my bride. Not even the angels know. Right. So that doesn't mean that no, that we can't know uh, the day or the hour. It means that only father, the father, God knows it. And that's only relevant to him. But we on the other side need to know there is a day. There is an hour that is coming. Exactly. And, and Jesus said, uh, you know, just like with the wedding, the the bride in that in the in the Jewish tradition there makes herself he, ready. The bride has made herself ready. It talks about in in Revelation also. Uh, the bride has made herself ready. She is prepared. She is longing for her her groom to come. And Jesus said in Matthew twenty four forty four again, reading from the Amplified Bible, you also be ready therefore for the son of man is coming at an hour when you do not expect him. Right. so there's a difference it's like it's a kind of a combination of things but you know we, the master's coming back here yeah, yeah you know you know he's coming i know my my uh bride my groom the bride knows that my groom could come at any time um so she she's living in a state of expectation. readiness, even that she, yeah. if she's mm-hmm. patient. It talks about you know be patient. I think Peter talks about that. Yeah. Be patient as you wait for the coming of the Lord. Uh, be patient, but also be in a state of readiness. So so when it's like um, if your house you're having a guest come to your house, for example, and you've got your house clean, the food ready, and everything, and and you think, well, they're they're coming in from another city, and you're you're ready for them, and they become, oh, they, oh, they might come a little early, or they might come a little, a little late. later than what you or thought they were going to come. And but the thing is, delayed, the know. point being, you're ready for them, whatever they come. Right, and when the when the New Test early ch- church, uh, when they talked about the the Jesus coming at any point in time, that helped them to stay sharp and focused and and diligent to be about the true things that were very matterful things that really mattered and whereas today we've we've gone into the scoffer mode of second peter where you know the scoffers say well you know as it was you know they said this forever um chapter three of second peter beloved i now write to you this second epistle in both of which i stir up your pure minds by way of reminder now peter is actually writing to the early church that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets uh, and of the commandments of us the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lust. That's what Jude talks about, too. Um, 
and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Uh, this, is the, this is the huge um, danger of living so long, knowing something, waiting for something, you know, mucking through life, uh, believing for something great. When you begin to lose hope and you get mucked up in the muck oh, and yeah. you're all busy trying to figure out how to just live and survive in the swamp. But he said, um, all things are just as the way they were. And that's what it was in the days of Noah. There was no alarm, even though Noah was there building this boat in front of them. They said, you're an insane fool, need an insane asylum here because this guy who's talking about boats, there's no water around here. There's no rain. What's rain? He, he, mo, mo, knows that Noah seemed to be just a, a, a muttering old fool for 120 years. He's preaching basically that, that the storm is coming. And of course, they didn't leave him. And they didn't have necessarily any, any other heads up than the warning of, of the righteous man. But in verse 5 of Second Peter, he says, For this they willfully forget. They're willingly ignorant. They totally purposely ignore. They do not want to know. In, in Revelations, Romans, Romans, I mean, sorry, Romans 1, Paul says, that willfully ignorant. They did not want to know. So God was basically forced to turn them over to a depraved mind, give their mind and body and being and actions over to the one who they followed. That was the rule of the game, whom, whose report you believe, that's whose servant you become. They were believing the liar, who was very enticed, enti- enticing and seductive, and he had all kinds, created all kinds of fables and fairy tales and myths and stories, everything that allowed them to not have to acknowledge or look for the return of the Lord. Even in Peter's day, Paul's day, Paul said, ravenous wolves will come in among you. So already they were coming in. Jude said they're like spots in your feast. They come to, they're, they're not, they're not, they're not genuine. Um, they sit there, they act like they're you, but they're creating what Satan is, a delusion, illusion, uh, distractions, willfully forget that by the, the word of the Lord, the heavens were of old and they are standing out of the water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which now exist, are kept in store by the same word reserved for, the, for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of the ungodly men. So God is saying, we're not going to do it this time with water. We're going to do it with fire. Then he says, but beloved, do not forget this one thing. And that's what we're saying to you today. Do not forget that that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, a thousand years of the day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. God didn't forget about this. God didn't go away. God didn't stop being God. God didn't say, oh, forget that word. It's too hard. I, I'm not going to finish this. I'm just going to junk this masterful mess and go away. He says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some count slackness, but is long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, the day in which the heavens will pass away with great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat both the earth and the works that are in, and it will be burned up. Now, he's talking about the, the, the day of wrath, the day of destruction, the day of the second coming, not the day of the rapture. But this same problem of scoffing at his coming, scoffing at the promise of his coming to snatch us away, um, can, because there's a mix-up, a lot of misunderstanding. People will say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I don't know if there even is a rapture. Well, a rapture doesn't work in any of our experiences. We've never seen a rapture. You've seen maybe something snatched away suddenly if there's a big hurricane coming. You see a rescue thing, person coming to snatch someone out of the flood, out of the drought, but you, you, out of the, the, the drink. But you don't see a rapture of a whole bunch of people going up at the same time. This is, this is un, unprecedented, you know. Uh, I think people, you know, this all this flooding, this big hurricane, and, and it's and, not an accident. It's not a coincidence. Saying, well, they're talking about unprecedented things. People are not. The thing is to to prepare for something that you've never experienced. Maybe you know it's different if you've you know. Uh, well, yeah, we, we, we don't experience have any experience winter, of it. Experience winter in Minnesota, right. so you prepare for it. You know what it is. But you've never experienced something. You can prepare, but it's. It's not as easy to prepare for it. Well, and, yeah. And, but he said. Just be ready know, all the time. Just, just be, live just, just in be, light of that. You live in light the of the coming of Jesus. You know, it's like. Which um, could be 20, 20 days away. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. It it's may like, not. It's like um, the, the story years ago, this little girl in school, they, she was talking to her friends. Well, uh, you know, we better, um, 
clean up our desk because the principal might be coming in to check on us. And she said, well, I tell you what I think I'm going to do. I'm just going to keep my, keep my desk clean. Yeah. Keep my desk clean all the time. And so, uh, you know, he talks about, you know, the days of Noah, we mentioned, uh, people are distracted. And another thing, you know, they, uh, eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. Right. So also would be coming of the Son of Man. So Matthew 24, I would just encourage you to study that and just basically see these are these are some of the signs that we have. Come to the, the day and hour, you know, that the Rajana feast is three feasts. You don't know the day and you don't know the hour. You don't know the exact hour the bridegroom is coming, but we do know he's coming. But the Moedim, which are the feast days, the seven appointments, uh, appointed assemblies that God gave Moses in the Old Testament, seven appointed uh, times to be with God, uh, which represented the, like we said earlier, uh, represented in the menorah, the, 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 three, the four feasts that have been already fulfilled, Pentecost being the middle one. We now have three left. We have the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, which is the day of judgment or the day of, you know, that's what they did. And the tabernacles, which is representing the abiding. So trumpets is the snatching away, it's the harvest, the ingathering of the harvest, which would be the body of Christ, the church. And then the day of atonement, which would be the judgment. And then we have the feast of tabernacles, which is the indwelling or the dwelling with God. So it isn't like we, he, seven times a year, he told them, this is what we do. And so it's not like we cannot know where we're at in the, in the feasts that need to be fulfilled. So we are actually in a very awesome place, a very incredible place. Uh, but in, in, so in terms of it being, it's eminent. It is not without signs. However, the signs are in the sun, the moon, the stars, the sky. God put those things there for a purpose, for a reason. And the, so to know the day, to, to quabble, squibble, squabble, about the day and the hour. You cannot know the day and the hour. Nobody is saying you, you have to name it down to the second, the minute, the day, or the hour. Nobody is saying that. We're saying that it's really written in the sky right now. It's written in the word right now. There are two different you know uh, events we're talking about right now. Um, and you would be foolish if you're in the church to dispute this, although I'm, a, I'm so apologetic, because in the church in America, we have not preached the prof- prophecies of the second coming. It's like we have deliberately been stripped of that portion of the gospel to create uh, indifference, apathy, falling away. As a matter of fact, um, let's go to Second Thessalonians and talk about that for a minute. Um, second okay. Thessalonians 2, verse, chapter 2, verse um, 1. We're talking about, well, let's see what we're talking about. Now, brethren, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. So he's saying, Paul's saying, I didn't write any letter to you about Jesus already coming. They thought that he had already come and they were living in the post, you know, rapture coming of Jesus. Uh, and it didn't make sense. He said, verse three. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Do you not remember when I first was still with you, I told you these things, and now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains, capital H in my Bible, will do so until he's taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the brightness of his, with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Okay, the coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Okay, let's go back for a minute. He's talking in this chapter about what's he talking about? The coming of the Lord, okay? And, and... Second part, our gathering together to him. So he's talking about the coming of the Lord and the rapture. He says, don't be troubled. It hasn't happened yet. Then he says in verse, um, the, the, verse 3, um, for the day, that day will not come unless there's a falling away first. Now, I've always thought that that's, I mean, well, that's very modern language, falling away. 
Uh, people are falling away from the church. They're falling away from the faith. They're falling away from God. They're falling away from the truth. And that is a sign. And yes, that is truly what's happened. However, not so much maybe in the rest of the world where the persecuted church is actually getting stronger and more powerful. And, and you know, they're actually being martyred right now. I mean, that's this, this what is that, the sixth uh, sign or something or seal or whatever in chapter six of Revelation where the martyrs were being uh, killed, uh, beheaded, etc. And so, but actually in the Greek, that means uh, the falling away means it's translated the parting, departing. And so let's read for the, that day will not come unless the departing comes first, the departing or the departure. So departing and departure, he's remember he's talking about um, gathering together to him. So he's talking about that part one of his second coming, which is the rapture part, which won't happen. The, the day of the Lord, the second coming won't happen unless the first thing happens. And the first thing is the departure, unless the departure happens first. And it says, um, and the son of and the man of sin revealed the son of perdition. And then he talks about him for a minute. He's going to sit up in the temple and they're worshiping him as God. And they take the mark of the beast and all that horrible stuff. And you're saying, oh, my God, how am I going to not take the mark of the beast? And what's going to happen to me? And he says, then he says in verse five, don't you remember that when I was with you, I told you these things that now, you know, what is restraining that he may be revealed. in So there's something restraining, holding all this back that he, that the son of perdition, the Antichrist, may be revealed at the proper time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. The only thing that's restraining right now is the light of the world. We are the light of the world, the Holy Spirit in us. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You know, the light, you know, set on a hill cannot be hid. When the, the, the light is taken away, the world is going to go into that place of um, darkness. Um, Zephaniah, darkness, no light, deep darkness. Um, this is the people said in deep darkness. So if indeed this uh, falling away actually is called the departure, then it says, reading carefully, uh, the mystery. Okay, um, I read seven, verse seven and eight. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Yeah, we can say amen to that. <laughs> Perilous times, etc. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. So if the Holy Spirit dwells in us, where he, which, is, which lights us, he's the light that's in us, leading us into truth and truth. If he is taken away, he has to be taken away. We have to go with him, in other words, because he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I'll not leave you orphans. So when the Holy Spirit is snatched up or called back to heaven or whatever you want, taken away, out of the way, we have to go with him. He says, and then the next two words in verse 8, and then the lawless one will be revealed. So he's saying basically until the church is snatched up, out of the way, taken out of the way, the lawless one won't be technically revealed. He won't be seen in all of his gory glory as the Antichrist, the, the, the dragon, the beast, whatever. He won't be identified until he actually, the Jews won't identify him until he sits in the temple, which could be another three and a half years. Who knows? From the time the church is snatched up. Who knows? 1,260 days, 1,200. There's a lot of 1,260 and then 1,290. And there's just a lot of math in Daniel, in Revelations, in the sky, in the stars, in the dates between the moons and the, and the, and the various things. And so what we're saying here is there is a rapture according to the the Greek, the Latin, the original text. There is going to be a rapture. It is not in our experience to even comprehend such a thing. But your whole life, you have declared, your Christian life, your whole Christian life, you have declared, I believe God. I believe his word. I believe what he says. That's what it means to be a Christian. But you may not have lived your life like that. You may not have, you may have lived double-minded, programmed by Satan, doing the things you don't want to do, feeling guilty and condemned and trashed and trampled. And of course, that's all part of the persecution. Now, that doesn't mean you're not one of God's if you accepted Jesus Christ. You can be, you know, you can be uh, your, 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 your child, can be your child. They're still your child, even if they get trampled and beat up and their arm gets cut off and they're thrown in prison and they get divorced and they rebel against you and they just they're still your child. 
So we still have the divine nature of God in us. However, when, you know, the conditions have led us astray to be isolated, cut off, fearful, living under the counsel and dominion and struggle of fear, and you say, well, I don't know if I'm going to go in the rapture. And then you've got all kinds of, I just got to say this because this kind of came to me this morning and the last couple of days. I, I, I'm not going to say this. I'm just going to throw this out as a, a what if. You know, there's nothing I see in the Bible, not one word regarding the rapture that leads me to believe there's going to be some sort of a sorting out that certain people who are good enough, you know, close enough to God, looking for his appearing are going to come and some are not. I, I, I the, the man, the, 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 the owner of the house, bridegroom is coming. There were five foolish virgins. I get that. And they missed it. And there are going to be people who think they're going to make it who are not. Jesus says, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this and this and this in your name? He said, I don't know who you are. There's going to be that group of people, and they obviously are going to miss it. The five foolish virgins didn't have oil in their lamp. I think that's where they kind of get the idea of some are going to be left behind. But I don't know if, you know, you and I can't draw that line and say, well, I can sure say I'm going to make it. I can sure say they're not going to. There is nothing that we have any power to judge that. But what we need to know is that God knows who is his from the foundation of the world. Those who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life, those who have continued, those who have confirmed their reservation through accepting Jesus Christ, and their names are not blotted out because they did accept Jesus Christ. They were originally written in there. They accepted Jesus, confirmed their reservation through the salvation, acknowledging him and his his death and resurrection as their, their ticket to heaven, and they will not be blotted out. And so, therefore, if you reject Jesus Christ, Though your name was written in there, you will not end up. You didn't RSVP. You are not. You don't have a reservation. You won't get there. So now is the day to make sure your reservations are confirmed in the court of heaven, in the book of the Lamb, and that you as, as listen, guys. I don't want to say, oh, the rapture is coming in 20 days. So for 20 days we tighten the hatches and we behave and we be good. No, it's not about that. It, love Jesus today. Love Him 90 days from now. I actually have a trip planned to. One, one day, one day after this supposed rapture snatching away. Well, I might be there and I might not. I don't know. And I'm, and I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but it will happen on a Rosh Hashanah. That's just what it's going to do. That's what the feasts are. God already said that. He's the point. I can't, I can't think of any other time when it would come. That is the next feast to be fulfilled in the lineup. And it's, it's, that's the September feast. So if it's not this September, uh, Rosh Hashanah time, which sometimes comes in October too, by the way, um, then maybe it's next year. But every year that we live on the planet from here on out is going to get worse and worse. And it, it's, it's not going to get better. It's going to get more hateful and vile and dangerous. So today is the day to live for Jesus. Jerry, do you have anything more to say? I know I've talked a lot today, but I, you got one more thing to say, and then we should pray because we're kind of running out of time. Right, right. And uh, Matthew twenty four fourteen, and I would urge you just again, read, review Matthew chapter 24. Verse 14, it says, And this kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. And yeah. it said in verse 44, Therefore, you also be ready, as we've spoken about today. Uh-huh. Uh, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Jesus said, mm-hmm. Occupy, carry on business till he comes. Right. One of the, A great part of our business is to share the gospel of Christ to everybody we can yeah. while we can. So, Lord, thank you for this day. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this time. Uh, your word says that you are coming for those who love your appearing. We anticipate your appearing. John, at the end of the book of Revelation, said, I, you said to him, Behold, I'm coming quickly. And he said, Yes, My amen. Reward is with me. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. So, we're looking forward to your return. And, return. Amen. You're, you're catching us away and your return to rule and reign yes. and put down all the evil amen. on this earth. But in the meantime, help us to be faithful, sharing your word, loving one another, encouraging one another uh, as we anticipate the things that are coming. Help us. Keep us from confusion. Yes. Help us to know what we need to know and what we don't know and quite understand yet. We're just going to trust and rest in you and keep searching your word. Yes, Lord. Help us in these times, Lord, in Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. And I also pray for those who are confused about where they stand in their faith, in their work, in their walk with Jesus Christ. I pray that, it's, that no one will be kept out 
because of confusion or agreements with backsliding or condemning or the, the accuser of the brethren who would guilt them and tell them they're not worthy, they're backsliding, they're not going to make it, blah, blah, blah. I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you would intercept all of that conversation in their minds and hearts and that you'd bring them into the full revelation of forgiveness and understanding that they are loved by you so we can walk in the fullness of joy even as we await your return. And Father, we ask this in Jesus' name that none will perish, none will be lost in this snatching away whenever it happens, whether it's this September 23rd, 2023, or next year. But we know we're at the end. And so we give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. And thank you all for listening. Uh, liferecovery.com is our website. Uh, Chulightchurchmn.org, our, another website option here for some uh, interesting blogs and pictures on there as well. God bless you.